Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda a voice in the desert now here's crystal heath all right hello everyone happy tuesday one and all hope you had a fantastic may day may 1st was yesterday we'll do some may trivia and talk about the month of may on friday 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 um it's not friday yet it's tuesday and we have the one, the only, David Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh's brother, is going to be joining us here shortly. Excited to have him with us today. You're listening to The Frittle Show. This is KVXL 101.1 FM Experience Liberty Radio from Liberty Baptist Church here in Las Vegas. So I had a couple of questions over the past week about why my show is no longer airing uh, in the evenings on KVXL. So here's the thing. Um... It is still airing in the evenings. The time simply changed. And if you've been a long-time listener to KVXL, and by long time I mean the past year and a half since we've been on the air, then you will recognize that we have made some programming adjustments. We've changed some of the times on several of our programs. Some of them have stayed the same, and some of them have changed. But what we've done is... For almost every hour now, what you would hear at 5 a.m. is what you'll hear at 5 p.m. And what you'd hear at 6 a.m. is what you'll hear at 6 p.m. And since I am on live at 7 a.m., what you will hear at 7 p.m. is a rerun of this show. Except, obviously, on Wednesday nights, there will be no rerun because Wednesday nights... Uh, we have church and we live broadcast our church services. So there'll be no, uh, you won't hear me on Wednesday nights. But every other night you can still hear me. It's just that my show time has changed from 6 p.m. Pacific time to 7 p.m. Pacific time if you're an evening listener. The morning hasn't changed. We're still on live uh, 7 a.m. Now, if you're like, but I can't listen when I drive, that's not my drive time. I understand, and I'm sorry about that, and I appreciate those of you that that were bummed that my hour has changed. That really... That that did something special for my heart. So thanks for those <laughs> those of you that that mentioned that you uh, you were no longer hearing me and you were distressed about that. Um, here's the thing. You can listen to... When we... We're doing we're doing two different types of show right now during my show hour uh, because I, I do some other things here at the church that require my time. And depending on, on how much we have going on to that regard, how much uh, stuff I have to do outside of radio on a weekly basis determines how much time uh, I have to give to this program. So essentially what you hear is sometimes you'll hear the Frittle Show, which what I'm, I'm trying to get into is that on Tuesdays and Thursdays you get good solid uh, show format, if you will. It's more of the more of the talking, and then on Mondays and Wednesdays will be more drive time with Friddle, where we do mu- more music, less talking. Whereas my show obviously is mostly talking, and then uh, and then Fridays we've we've always just done Fun Friday. Fun Friday isn't going to change. So that's that's kind of the breakdown of what's happening with my show with the rest of our programming. Uh, again, it has changed. It is officially our new schedule is in effect now, and it should be updated on the website. Uh, we've we've gotten it down to where we think everything is running smoothly. So we're about to update the website, and you'll be able to 
to go there and see uh, what programming is happening at what times so you can tune in for your favorites. I, I We still have a very, very dynamic lineup. The lineup hasn't changed as to who is actually uh, on our programming. It's just that we've rearranged some things to fit in uh, a few more speakers and give you more opportunities to hear from some of your favorites because we don't want you, you know, if your favorite guy is on at 3 a.m., well, if that's when you're asleep, that's not that's not going to help you out a whole lot. So we're trying to trying to accommodate everyone. So again, uh, it's now it's a it's a reflecting clock. So what you hear in the a.m. hour is what you'll hear in the p.m. hour most likely. So what's on at three a.m. at three a.m. is on at three p.m. four a.m. four p.m. so on and so forth. Except for I believe it's our nine o'clock hour that is different. Nine a.m. you can hear Pastor Josh Tice from Southern Hills, and then I believe it's Ravi Zacharias after him. But nine p.m. we actually air uh, Washington Watch, which is a live daily broadcast uh, from Tony Perkins in Washington D.C. Great program, but because we we have to wait for that program to come on live, uh, that one airs. At at 9 p.m. as opposed to uh, Josh Tice, which is 9 a.m. You can also hear Pastor Josh at 5 a.m. at 5 p.m. You have three chances to hear Pastor Josh. I Don't tell him, though. It might give him a big head. If you, if you know him, that is. All right, so let's jump into some news here, and then we will get uh, David Limbaugh on the line in just a few minutes. First off, obviously there's been a lot going on over at Fox News. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of that because I discussed it last week. Again, if you would like to hear my thoughts on what went down with Hannity, and uh, I briefly talked about O'Reilly, not really very much because I, I don't know him and I don't know what all went on there. I could give you a personal opinion, but that's all that it would be, would be a personal opinion. And I know this is an opinion show, but still, uh, there are some things that I don't delve into because I don't think it is necessary or, or helpful. But when it comes to Sean Hannity, he is actually a friend of mine. And so I did talk extensively uh, about him and what has been going on with him in a show last week. If you missed it, go to SoundCloud or iTunes, just look for the Fertile Show. You can hear it there. Now, this past weekend, there has been a lot of speculation that Hannity is going to be leaving Fox News because of, uh, uh, is it Bill Shine, got fired from Fox. And Hannity had tweeted if, if he got fired that it was going to be the end of Fox News as we know it. And people have speculated that that means that Hannity is, is searching to leave the network and looking for a place to land elsewhere. Well, last night on his show, Hannity dispelled these myths and uh, said that he is not looking to exit his hosting duties at Fox News. um, And he's not negotiating for an exit. He didn't address... um, I'm sorry, he didn't address the controversy on his show, but he has confirmed that he is not looking to exit Fox News via... Uh, Twitter. And I can tell you that that is accurate. He's not like some other people who use Twitter to, um, well, I won't, I won't go there. (laughs) But let me, let me just say this about this whole thing. All right. People are, are a little bit concerned about the whole Fox News issue. And I was thinking about this yesterday a little bit, and I, I realized that, you know, TV in many ways is becoming an outdated source of news as it is. I mean, think about it. You may not be a millennial, 
But if you ask any millennial in your life where they get most of their news, if they even tune into news or care to know what's going on in the world, they're not going to say Fox News. They're not going to say CNN. The majority. There will still be some that do. But the majority are not watching Fox News or watching CNN or MSNBC or The Blaze or or anything else to get their news. They're just not. They're getting their news from Twitter. They're getting their news from apps. They're getting their news from mobile alerts that pop up on their phone. So on one hand, you have what I would say is is a dying news media anyway. And while, you know, it's easy for us to say, well, they're so leftist and liberal and maybe if they would tell the truth. And I, I wonder, though, is the reason the media is the way the media is because they're having to become more radical in order to keep an audience? Now, there's the older demographic that's obviously still TV viewers and they're, they're not, that's not going to change, I think, as, as people get older than that. That's more their their comfort zone is the is the TV rather than the toys such as phones. Now that may change over the next twenty thirty years, but then you also have to think about how many people are actually utilizing network TV anymore. I mean, between Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime, you just the world is changing, media is changing. Now, aside from that, you have you have Fox News. And if we're being really honest about it, Fox News is known for being, they call themselves, fair and balanced. Many people think of them as the alternative, if you will, to CNN and MSNBC, the the conservative network. And I don't think that anyone would argue that when compared to CNN or MSNBC as a whole, there are some good hosts there uh, in both those networks, but as a whole... We turn on Fox News and it does seem to be more fair and that everything, everything isn't slanted to the left. But I, I wonder if we've gone too far when we say that Fox News is the conservative outlet or the conservative alternative. One, because while undoubtedly Fox News is nowhere near MSNBC or CNN and is far more fair and balanced in that it's not not every single story is slanted to the left. I think we need to define what conservative actually is before we could label a whole network as being conservative, right? So, pardon me, I have to... Had a sneeze. Wow. Okay, so I believe that there are those that would argue that for the most part, Fox News is not actually a conservative network. Depending, once again, I know some people are going to get frustrated with me for saying this, but the fact of the matter is, depending on your definition of conservative, There are those that would say that Fox News, for the most part, is not even a conservative network, that there are hosts on Fox News that aren't conservative. Now, they may be moderate, they may be balanced, they may actually do journalism the way journalism is supposed to be done, and I would would tend to agree with that 100%, that Fox is the most fair and balanced. And there are hosts on Fox News that are conservative, 
But I believe there could also be the argument made that there are hosts on Fox News that are definitely not conservative. So this idea that if Fox News crumbles, we'll have lost the only conservative outlet that we have for news is simply not correct. One, because media is is changing. Two, because Fox in its entirety is not a conservative network. There are conservatives on Fox News, but the whole thing is not a conservative outlet, in my personal opinion. And I believe many people would, would agree with that. But also, thirdly, there are other conservative outlets already in place. Like The Blaze, like CRTV, uh, like Daily Wire. They may not be as big or as well known, but I believe that many of these sites often are, if you're looking for truly conservative news, news from a conservative perspective, that would be more consistent than many times even Fox News. Now, don't get me wrong. Please hear me. Now, I I love Fox News. I grew up in a home where I, if we went on vacation because we didn't have cable at our house growing up, that was what I wanted to watch. I wanted to watch Fox News. I still, if I watch news, I watch Fox News. I like Fox News, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But the collective freakout on the right over the potential demise of Fox News has me perplexed. Additionally, should Sean Hannity choose to leave Fox News, I'm not sure if you know this, but you can listen to him three hours a day, every day on radio. And quite honestly, I, I think his, his radio programs are, are superior to his television show. And he would agree with me. He loves doing radio. Radio is his passion, and you can tell, especially if you know him, he's better on radio. I'm telling you. So even if Hannity were to leave Fox News, which he's not looking to do, that doesn't mean it won't happen at some point. But you still got him on radio. You still have these other conservative outlets. So I think everyone just needs to take a step back and remember that even if Sean Hannity leaves Fox News or Brett Baer leaves Fox News or whoever is your favorite Fox News personality leaves Fox News, that doesn't mean it's the end of conservative media. But it is a reminder that media in and of itself is changing. And it's going to continue to change. And we have to recognize that this is coming. And I think, you know... Lastly, I will say this. I have not, I've said very little about Bill O'Reilly. But if you've done any research on Bill O'Reilly's life outside of what you saw on a TV screen at Fox News, or you know anyone that actually knows Bill O'Reilly, um, the fact of the matter is, Fox News did not lose its most conservative voice when Bill O'Reilly was uh, was booted from the network. And that is me putting things very, very kindly. And if your thinking was that Bill O'Reilly was the conservative glue that held Fox News together, and without Bill O'Reilly's voice, then conservatism on Fox News is dead, believe me, in my best Trump believe me, that is simply not the case. Is there a shake-up happening at Fox News? Yeah, there is. Will there be more changes? Probably. 
is it really worth us getting all worked up about? I mean, I I think we have alternatives. I think we have some other great choices and other great voices. And maybe with this happening, it will give us an opportunity to explore some of those other outlets that maybe we haven't thought about looking into before. And I think that could be a good thing. I think that could be a really good thing. One of those conservative voices who happens to be a Fox News contributor, but also contributes, I mean, every every major news outlet you can think of, he's been on, is David Limbaugh, Rush Limbaugh's brother. This guy, fantastic guy, one of my favorite people to interview. I met him, oh goodness, probably four or five years ago at what's called the Values Voter Summit in Washington, D.C. It's basically like uh, CPAC for the conservatives that are Christians, essentially. Um, And he was there, and uh, he was just walking down a hallway. I asked him if I could do a video interview of him. His book, uh, Jesus on Trial, had just come out. And we'd never met before. We do this video interview, just totally hit it off, and uh, ended up becoming friends through that. And I'm excited to have him on. We're going to play uh, King of the World, and we'll be back in just a minute with David Limbaugh to talk about Yet another new book that he has out called The True Jesus. You're listening to KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. Welcome back. You're listening to The Friddle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM here in Las Vegas. Today we have David Limbaugh on the show. David is a lawyer, nationally syndicated columnist, political commentator, and the author of seven New York Times bestsellers, soon to be eight. That's just my prediction. Um, He's been on every news show you can possibly imagine on whatever network is your favorite. Probably, though, his biggest claim to fame is that he's been on my show multiple times. So, I mean, would you agree with that, David? That would probably be... The height, the climax of your career? Well, if you hadn't brought it up, I was going to. And wait a minute. You insult me right out of the chute without mentioning that I'm already on the New York Times list for two weeks with this book. You're the first to know. That is awesome. I mean, I knew you were... uh... You know what? I actually, I did know that. I had it written in my notes. You're like number four on the hardcover bestselling list with this one, right? Yes, so I just thought I'd drop that in. You just dropped that in. Not wanting to brag, of course. No. Yeah. No, because eight New York Times bestsellers is better than, say, like five or six. But, I mean, it's not ten. Like, oh, yeah. It's not ten, though. No so. comparison. Hmm. No. No, it's a little embarrassing that it's only eight. But, you know, I still had to mention it. Okay, all right. That's fair enough. And your new book is The True Jesus. But before we get to that, I have to ask you the really important question, because this is what my listeners want to know, and that is, did you try the unicorn frappuccino? No, I have not done that. Can you give me a a recipe, or can you direct me to a this Starbucks have it? (laughs) Yes, Starbucks had it, but it was a limited-time thing. So you missed it completely. Probably because you hate children, at least that's what I've read on the internet. So, it's all right, though. We'll forgive you, since that's not actually what we're here to talk about anyway. 
All right, all right. So we'll talk about your book now, your latest book, which is on the New York Times bestseller list for two weeks now. It's The True Jesus. I have so many questions with this one. I don't even know where to begin because you cover so much and it's all so good. But uh, I guess we'll just start with, with how my brain works, okay? So immediately, the first thing I see when I read the title of your new book, which is obviously, it's The True Jesus. So this implies to me instantly, I'm going, all right, so he's saying there's at least one false Jesus. Is that right? Yeah, I'm saying that I'm the only one in the world, past or present, that knows who the true Jesus is. <laughs> no, you know, it does seem to imply that, but no, I don't take myself that seriously. What I'm saying is, yes, the culture creates these imposter Jesuses, and they try to conform Jesus to the culture mm. rather than conforming themselves to Jesus. So Jesus yeah. is not as is as he is commonly depicted. No, you're you're exactly right. It's like uh, leftists mainly have have hijacked, if you will, the uh, the whole. Is that what Jesus would do? Phrase. You know, it's amazing to me. I have friends. I have a friend that's an atheist that will randomly post Bible verses on social media, and I'm going, okay. So wait. So now, now we think that the Bible is okay. No, we just need to take the little parts that we think we can best use to suit our purposes and exploit Jesus, if you will, to fit an agenda. Is that kind of where you're going? That's exactly right. He is not uh, the vintage peacemaker. He didn't come to bring peace. He even said he didn't come to bring peace. He came to divide brother from brother, mother from son, father from daughter, in-law from in-law, because he represents truth. He represents what is good. He is the light of the earth, and the world is under evil influences, and it rejects Jesus because it says, because he says things they don't want to hear. They want to be their own gods. And so to them, he is whatever they say he is, whatever fits their agenda. Tolerance, diversity, indifference to sin, uh, moral relativists, all that, all of which is false. Jesus represents truth with an absolute, with a capital T, uh, absolute moral standards. Be perfect as your Holy Father is perfect. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There is no way to the Father except through me. He doesn't say follow the premises and precepts of Eastern religions, and you will find God. He says, I'm the only way to God. That's pretty unequivocally clear. And he doesn't say that if you follow him and have enough faith in him, you'll be rich and healthy, like the prosperity yeah. gospel merchants. Right? He says, you will experience trials and tribulations and persecution on my behalf, because the world hates me, it will hate you. Yeah, no, that's that's a go. fantastic point because it's not just, you know, leftists and liberals in their typical exploiting of a, of a social, uh, political, economic issues, but it is those that push the prosperity gospel as well. You're exactly right. Um, which brings us to the question, if these Jesuses, if you will, that we're hearing about in our culture, whether it be from the left or from a prosperity uh, perspective, if those are incorrect— than just who is the true Jesus. Well, as I was saying, he is he is perfectly God, fully God, fully man. Mm. He came to die for our sins because we're a fallen, broken world in need of a Savior. We can't save ourselves through our own works. The Bible is very clear on that. And so we must recognize our need for a Savior, turn toward him, and have his righteousness be imputed to us so that on Judgment Day, 
we are perceived by God, declared by God to be righteous because we are uh, appropriating his finished work on the cross. We are not righteous in fact, but we are declared legally righteous for salvation purposes because we have decided to place our faith and trust in him for the remission of our sins and for eternal life. You know, that's like, that's straight up gospel that you're just preaching right there. That's, I'm not sure if you've heard, but it's a little politically incorrect to say that, to even say that Jesus said that he was the only way to God. Like, that's not, we don't, um, I'm not sure you're allowed to say that. Like, are you allowed to say that? Well, you know, uh, (laughs) no, you're not, you're not allowed to say it. And some Christians are even afraid to say it. Yeah. And it's not that I rejoice in saying, it's not that I rejoice in saying it. It's not that I am the judge. Um, Jesus said it. You can either accept that he said it or not, or reject it. Sure. If he said it, then you can't just say, if he said it and it's not true, if he claimed to be God and he isn't, you can't say he's a great moral prophet. As C.S. Lewis said, he's either the Lord, a liar, or a lunatic, because he was either God as he claimed to be, and he clearly claimed to be, all over the Gospels, especially the book of John. Um, so he either was, or he was deceiving others or deceiving himself. Right. You can't claim that he was a wonderful guy. Just He just had opinions, and we should live. In fact, Timothy Keller at the Redeemer Church says, don't look to Christ as a moral example. Mm. Look to Christ as someone who you would base your the salvation on. Lean on him. Don't lean on him to live a perfect life, lean on him to carry you through based on his finished work. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. All right, so this is your, uh, I believe we we had confirmed that this is your eighth book, or is this simply your eighth book on the New York Times bestseller list? Uh, the latter. So this is your eighth book no, on the... No, I mean, it's the same. It's my eighth book and my eighth book on the New York Times list. But oh. who's counting and who's talking about me? So you're just this batting a thousand. Mm, mm, okay, all right. Well, this yeah, is this just got so of, much more exciting. I have a lot of advantages. <laughs> I have a lot of advantages. A lot of friends in high places that, are, that have blessed me, so I can't take credit for That it. is true. That is true. And you have a pretty epic last name. Like, it just kind of follows your first name around everywhere you go but your 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 earlier books seem to be it was largely like political stuff i i believe i have one um about obama i'm trying to think the title the great destroyer right that's one of yours i'm i'm almost positive that's on my shelf with your name on it okay but this is like the third in a theological trilogy if you will uh from you we had jesus on trial then we had the emmaus code now the true jesus so explain to our listeners explain the difference you know i'm gonna go i'm gonna go pick up a book about jesus up at barnes and nobles do i want jesus on trial or do i want the true jesus i mean obviously both but hypothetically speaking let's say you know i'm a poor college student Student, I need to go to Chick-fil-A tonight, so I can only pick up one. And I feel like I'm asking you to pick your favorite child right now. But seriously, what's what what is the difference between the two? Like which one if I can only read one right now, which one am I going for? What's the difference between true Jesus and Jesus on trial? Well, it's it's uh, a tough question because I think it different people would benefit more from one of the books, some yes. of the books, than the others. But, of course, I, I consider them all logically connected. Mm-hmm. Jesus on Trial is written, 
is written to fellow skeptics. I used to be a skeptic, and I try to relate to skeptics as to how I became a believer. And then I talk about apologetics, the reasons for uh, the truth, Christianity's truth claims, the evidence for Christianity's truth claims. Then in the Emmaus Code, I talk about how the Old Testament points to Christ throughout in every way. Mm-hmm. So if you want to you under, better understand how the Bible is integrated from Old Testament to New Testament into one unified salvation history story, then the Emmaus Code is helpful. But to me, I'm, I'm now promoting the true Jesus, which focuses on the Jesus of the Gospels. And to me, it's the most exciting, probably, because I'm currently immersed in it, mm-hmm. not just because I'm promoting it for sale. I mean, I, sure. they're all for, still for sale, so it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. But the, the thing to me is, this is a book about the Gospels, started to be a book about the New Testament, all the New Testament, but I realized it was too ambitious to, to cover the whole thing in enough depth, so I narrowed the focus. It was or, an organic development as I was writing and researching. So, this the first four chapters, it's two parts. first part is four chapters, going to all the background of the Gospels. The second part, the main part, chapters 5 through 12, cover the Gospels themselves. It's a unified, a combined narrative of all four Gospels, not for the purpose of uh, improving on the Gospels, which are the Word of God. This is a book about Jesus, not a book of, of inspiration, such as the Bible and the Gospels are. Mm-hmm. But it combines the books, so you get a rough chronological history and account of everything that occurred, and a run, running commentary, hopefully helping the reader understand what each event and each statement and speech of Jesus meant, what the significance was, so that if they were intimidated by the Gospels, didn't know where to start, yeah. that they will now have a working knowledge a working knowledge, and, and be excited and inspired to go read the Gospels for themselves, where they will encounter the, the living Son of God in a way that they won't encounter Him in anywhere else in the Bible or the New Testament. Uh, for example, the epistles talk about Christ and the, the theological significance of what He did and everything, and the historical actions that He took. But only in the Gospels do you, do you encounter Jesus unfiltered, where you hear His words actually spoken in the red letters there, and the deeds that he performed. So you encounter the true Jesus and realize he's unmistakably the Son of God because no fiction writer could have created such a character as perfect as he is. Yeah, I actually have that quote written down from, I think it's maybe in your introduction, that no fiction writer could invent such a character. That's so true. And like you said, it's not, just so people are clear, like you said, it's divided into two parts. And the second part, though, there's a whole lot of gospel. In fact, I think all of Jesus's words are included here, but it's not a harmony of the gospels per se. Uh, It's more of of a chronological account with commentary in between, breaking down what's going on as you're reading through essentially the life of Christ, um, and just makes it very, very simple and very relatable, right? So I think once you get to the end of this, or even as you're reading through it, you're presented ultimately with the question, okay, now I know who Jesus was and who Jesus is, so how does who Jesus is affect me right now and what do I need to do with this information and I'm guessing that that is the that's the whole reason why you ultimately wrote this book that's how you want people to walk away from it is that would that be an accurate assessment yeah because we are all uh, as followers of Christ supposed to be his ambassadors and, and disciples 
been evangelists, and we all have different ministries. Mine happens to be in writing these books, and whatever, and your ministry is on radio and maybe elsewhere, Sunday school teachers, whatever. This is kind of like a Sunday school class writ large. That's the way I look at mm. my books, where I try to help people understand, share things that I've learned that I'm excited about, and put it into terms I wish it had been presented to me when I was at that level. Sure. <laughs> And so the ultimate goal, of course, in evangelism is to lead people to Christ. And that means each person must make a decision as to whether to reject or accept Christ. If you don't make the decision, the decision will be made for you. Yeah. But the Bible promises salvation. It promises that if you—Jesus promises if you seek, you will find. If you, if you knock, he will open the door. So I'm encouraging people to, to study this for themselves to experience the true Jesus of the Gospels, and then to make that decision for themselves because it has eternal implications. Yeah, and I think that is awesome. I haven't, I'm going to I'm gonna confess something right now, I haven't actually read the whole thing yet. I'm waiting for my hard copy because I'm a hard copy book person. I've skimmed through it on Kindle, and I've read the introduction and a few different things on Kindle, but I just... To me, there's nothing like holding an actual book. So I know mine is in the mail. No worries. I I don't know if it was signed or not, but I know the author. So eventually, when he's in Las Vegas, I'm going to have him sign it. But um, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting it and to diving into the rest of this thing because it just, from what I've read and what I've skimmed through so far online uh, and on on the Kindle, it it really I think is an excellent presentation you make a great case as it were uh, for the true Jesus so thank you for doing that thank you so much appreciate it yeah, yeah. so it's the true Jesus. You can buy it anywhere that great books are sold, or in some places where not so great books are sold. Anywhere, basically, that you can buy books, you can pick up the true Jesus. It's by David Limbaugh, who's our guest today. All right, I have to ask you one more question. If you still, Do you have time for one more question? Yes. All right. I know that you just came... This is unrelated. Well, not really. Well, we'll see if it's related. <laughs> I know you just came back from Israel recently. Israel is... Outside of the United States, Israel is my favorite place in the world. What was your favorite part of this trip? Uh, the Sea of Galilee, mm. Capernaum, Tiberias, all those places on, on the sea. It's just so gorgeous. And you know that, that Jesus uh, was in those waters and walked those waters and preached uh, the Sermon on the Mount in, the, in that area. And, and did so much of his ministry in that area. Um, yeah. And Peter's home is in Burnham, and it's just mind-blowing. Now, of course, Jerusalem is going to be the obvious answer. And um, Sure. But the thing is that, that it's so many things that built up around there, and you don't know for sure whether the Via De La Rosa was, was really where he walked. It's just right, something. Right, right. It, it's close to where he walked. You don't know if he was really buried where they the two different sites they claim he might be. And so I just get a, you know, more, I, I don't know, I, it just affected me more profoundly it, out on the Sea of Galilee and all that area. It's just so gorgeous and it's so, I don't know, there's some some majestic beauty about it. Yeah, the, yes, I totally agree. One of the most beautiful places, I would say, on Earth. Not that I've seen all of the places on Earth, but of the ones that I've seen, uh, the Sea of Galilee is definitely, definitely on top of the list. So, 
All right, awesome. Well, thank you so much. Where can people find you? Uh, I know your website is davidlimbaugh.com. Are you on social media as well? Uh, you can find me in a fetal position from having to be <laughs> <in> the <animals. laughs> And I, I actually, except, that's... A, except yours. Except mine. All right. It's also wonderful when I'm on with you that it makes up for it. So I'm all, I'm uncurled for this interview. Oh, that so now I'm so it, happy. I have to go back to fetal position. <laughs> <laughs> When's your next book coming out? What are What are we looking at next? Well, I'm gonna, I'm hopefully going to go into the uh, book of Acts and epistles and, nice. and just continue. You know, as long yeah. as I'm able to do it, I'm going to keep going. All right, sounds good. We're going to hold you to that because I enjoy reading these. So if only for my sake, you're going to have to keep writing. I'm sorry about that, but not really. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's David Limbaugh. You can pick up his new book, The True Jesus, at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever is your favorite bookstore. You can find it there, and you should get a copy uh, for yourself. It's something you can buy for your friends, family, share it with your unsaved uh, relatives and friends. And you can find him on Twitter, Facebook. He's at David Limbaugh. And he's actually really a, kind of a nice person on social media. So, you know, some celebrities, they're really not. David Limbaugh's not one of them. He's awesome to interact with on Twitter and Facebook. So you should go check that out. His website is davidlimbaugh.com. David, thank you so much for being with us today. Hope you have a uh, fantastic rest of your interview uh, schedule. And try not to stay in the fetal position for too long. Thank you so much. Always great to be with you. All right. Pleasure to have you with us. Thanks so much. All right. Yep. Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few minutes. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio in Las Vegas. Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone from Noteworthy. Love that song and that rendition of it. All right. For those of you that are political junkies, there is a special election happening in GOP primary today in South Carolina. Again, this is only going to be of interest to you if you are really into politics, but if you are into politics, I suggest you take a look at this one. Watch what happens here pretty closely. Um, this is a this is a South Carolina election. Uh, it's a special GOP primary election to fill the U.S. House seat of former Representative Mick Mulvaney, who is now the director of the Office of Management and Budget for the Trump administration. Uh, you, you've got uh, two, what I would say, I would say two good candidates. One of them happens to be a friend of mine, and uh, one I think is is a much better option than the other. Um, but it's it's really interesting to look at and to look at what each side is saying about the other, and to see where different Republicans have fallen. So if you're if you're really into politics. Go take a look at the South Carolina special election for the 5th Congressional District in South Carolina because it's really intriguing. And I can't get into it a whole lot because we're not allowed to endorse candidates, and, and I do know one of these individuals personally, so that I, I can't say a whole lot. But what I can tell you is if you're into looking at interworkings of politics and figuring out what's going on and and maybe what side of some issues uh, the president's um, liaisons, if you will, and his uh, the people that he is endorsing, or at least that his team is saying that he's endorsing, it's really pretty fascinating. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. 
I again, I just I wish I, there's so much that I wish I could say about this, but I can't. Uh, we might talk about it tomorrow, depending on uh, on who wins. We'll we'll see. So if you're listening to the show live, May second, there is a special election in South Carolina today, which is uh, just incredibly, incredibly intriguing. We'll see what happens, what happens there. All right, one last thing before I let you go for today. Remember last week we talked about how Nordstrom is selling pre-muddied jeans for $425? And I'd mentioned how you, yourself, could become a very successful entrepreneur by either A, creating jeans that have actual mud on them and selling those. Um, now, you would have to advise people that once they wash them, they would need to return them to you uh, for for a new mudding, if you will. Or two, you could just create. We talked about how instead of having a drive-through, you know, a drive-through car wash where you can drive your car through and the car gets clean, we could have a walk-through uh, um, mud wash, if you will, where if people want to appear dirty without actually working for it, they could just come through and you could splatter uh, mud on them for much less than four hundred twenty-five dollars, and it would be real mud, which of course has got to be better for the environment and just seems to be more hipster anyway. Anyhow, uh, Reebok has come up with an answer to the $425 pre-dirtied jeans. You want to know what their answer is? They have released a $425 pre-sweated t-shirt. This is pretty good. This is from DailyWire.com. Reebok just couldn't help itself. The mega sports company motto is, I am what I am. So when they saw a new pair of jeans being sold by Nordstrom, $425 a pop. By the way, I didn't know that was Reebok's motto. That's kind of disturbing, actually. Uh, But when they saw a new pair of jeans being sold by Nordstrom at $425 a pop and pre-dirtied to look like their wearers have spent the day in the back breaking work on the farm, well, something just snapped. The company posted a new link for a men's running Reebok authentic sweatshirt. Yes, it's just a t-shirt. And yes, the list price is really $425. And the description is perfect. Product features. Reebok authentic sweatshirt. Not sweatshirt as in one word that's a sweatshirt. No, sweat and shirt being two different words. Created by the hardworking Reebok employees who always find time to sweat it out during the day. We're putting in the hard work for you and giving you a pre-sweated tea for that post-workout look and smell. Authentic sweat for those who don't have time to put in the real work. Actual stains that will last forever. Do not wash. An accurate placement of stains created by sweating employees after workout for maximum visibility. But Reebok won't actually be making a dime off the overpriced item. The listing says sold out and offers up some other comparable items, including a UFC shirt for the more, far more reasonable price of 19.99. The mocking ad follows the very real sale of pre-dirty jeans by Nordstrom, which described them as, quote, heavily distressed medium blue denim jeans in a comfortable straight leg fit embody rugged American workwear that's seen some hardworking action with a crackled, caked-on, muddy coating that shows you're not afraid to get down and dirty except you definitely are afraid to get down and dirty if you're buying buying pre-filthified jeans and that's all that i have to say about that we've also reached the end of our show for today but don't be sad you can listen to podcasts you can catch today's show if you if you say i listened once but i need to listen over and over again that's cool this is this is a place of grace. We won't judge you if you want to go listen to the show repeatedly. Not that's okay. 
And you can do that on SoundCloud or iTunes. Just search The Frittle Show. You can find us there. You can also listen to us over at the405media.com or live 7 a.m. Monday through Friday here on KVXL 101.1 FM. Rerun every evening. Again, yes, that has changed from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Along with our brand new uh, format schedule of which will be available online this week. Join us for church tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. The only night of the week that you can't hear me at 7 p.m. is because we are having church and we would love to have you and your family with us. We're located at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard or Caddy Corner from the Best Buy over at the Best of the West Shopping Plaza. If you're not in Las Vegas but you'd like to be part of our services or you are in Las Vegas but you just can't make it, you can still watch us online. You can go to experienceliberty.com and catch the live stream of our service or if you have Facebook, go like us at Liberty Baptist Church of Las Vegas and you can watch our services via Facebook Live on the Facebook. See, Grandma? Yes, even Facebook is good for some things. And I'm not speaking to anyone's grandma in particular. It's just a, just a figure of speech. Some of you guys take things so incredibly literally. We've got to stop that. Not everything in life is literal. Some things are figurative and some things are just downright nonsense. None of which are this song, which is The Stand. That's how we're going to go out today. Hope you have a fantastic uh, Tuesday, and we will see you back here tomorrow for the show and hopefully for church at 7 p.m. Have a great day, everyone.